Paolo Tevez, Tevez da solo, Tevez, Tevez, Tevez al limite dell'area, rimane fuori tutti Tevez! Back to More Than A Game, a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. Today on the show, Man City return to fizzing low crosses to the back post for Tapians. <laughs> Burnley keep it 4-4-2 and throw back to lining up 1-11. And Ange Ball rolls on as Celtic romp to back-to-back 6-0 wins. Nature is healing. I'm Colby <laughs> and uh, I'm back on the pod this week, uh, joined by Tommy and Damo. Uh, how are we, boys? Mate, just uh, enjoying another another weekend of football. It's it's like we're back to normal now with uh, just football on Saturday nights. You know, not leaving the house. It's a what a time to be alive. <laughs> another weekend, another late night surge of messages in the group chat from Tommy. <laughs> Woke up to to quite a few excited messages from you, mate. <laughs> yeah, my, my fellow morning TV watcher, Damo, mate. You 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 were on the receiving end of the messages from Tommy too. But how are you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I always enjoy waking up on a Sunday morning with uh, 150 unread messages in the group chat. It's uh, it, it's good to good to see what the running commentary was when you know what the result was. <laughs> it's like, how good's Goal Rush, boys? How good is it? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, mate. I'm just catching up this morning. <laughs> but you could watch Goal Rush in the morning as well, even. Oh, yeah, you can, can't you? You could watch it on good? catch up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Plenty to come on the show today, uh, match day two of the Premier League so far, plus uh, some Oz football news um, and some Ange Ball hype that we'll, we'll pick up on um, as that sort of rolls on and picks up some steam at Celtic. But first, boys, uh, let's kick off with our moments of the week. Uh, Tommy, I'll throw to you first. All right, mate. Uh, got going to go straight to uh, one of last night's matches, a little bit of shithousery that I'm, I'm not sure if everyone caught. Um, in uh, the Everton and Leeds game, not sure if anyone was sort of following the the running battle between Yerry Mina and Patrick Bamford. Uh, all sort of came to a bit of a head in one particular incident where Yerry Mina was sort of controlling the ball uh, with his with his back to back to the opposition kind of thing, and um, he's really going nowhere. He's on the byline, and he's just trying to sort of fend off Bamford, and he basically just like falls on the ball, and then. Basically, what what happens is there's like this fifteen to twenty second um, period then where he, he's just acting like a complete and utter pork chop. Um, there, there was one point where he fell over again and then got up and then tried to sort of like put his head underneath um, Patrick Bamford's like armpit, almost like like he was trying to really sort of force some sort of incident. And I think Patrick Bamford was like he was a bit irritated, but I think more than anything, he was just bemused about what was happening in front of him. <laughs> So, uh, look, that that was my mode of the week. Um, uh, I did see it a, f- a few times. It did pop up on on social media because it was pretty uh, pretty uh, random sort of wild incident. Um, close second was also the the shithousery between um, uh, Callum Wilson and uh, Mings in the uh, in in that match. There was two players who I get the impression really do not like each other. Just absolutely battering each other for 90 minutes. It was great to watch. <laughs> and then everyone and Ashley Barnes. Yep. <laughs> so you've got a bit of uh, pork choppery, some shithousery. Damo, what about you, mate? My my moment of the week was uh, from the Netherlands this week. I like to take it abroad quite often. It's, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, it was, 
<laughs> yeah, you can call me that. It was uh, it was an interview with the, the Netherlands manager, which is Louis van Gaal. Now he was asked what he thought um, about his appointment, which is a strange question in the first place. But he said, if he was the KNVB, which is the the Dutch governing body, then I would have appointed Louis van Gaal as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just thought that was a great quote that's from himself that said, "Well, I would have given myself the job." Clearly, I miss Louis Van Gaal presses, eh? <laughs> exactly. I, Very I'm, underrated. I'm, missed him in the Premier League, so I thought I'd bring him back for moment of the week. <laughs> Love it. I just remember that one, um, I think, where he was at United, where he was like, I sometimes use the word horny. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get oh. along well with the West Ham owners. Maybe that's who his oh. next job is. <laughs> Very underrated uh, manager in the, in the press box, Louis Van Gaal, that's for sure. Week. I don't have any own goals this week because I'm Mr. Positive this week, boys. But um, yeah, good. Yeah, we, we're bringing the positivity. Uh, moment of the week, though. Um, Sapreet Singh's goal for Jan Regensburg in the two Bundesliga got quite a delicious goal. It came off a um, it came off a set piece. I think he may have taken the set piece, and then the sort of ball bounces up, and he, he just touches it around the defender and absolutely rifles it from pretty close range into the top of the net. And it was one of those ones where the goalkeeper like actually had like instinctively ducked his head out of the way um, because oh. it was hit with such power and so close to the goalkeeper that he like <laughs> he, he just was not in control of his body. It was that um, well hit. So just self-preservation um, before anything else. Yeah, good to see uh, <laughs> Sapri playing playing football and scoring goals. So hopefully um, he, he continues to impress on this second loan spell uh, from Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, to Jan Regensburg down in the two Bundesliga. Uh, own goals. Let's let's throw throw into some own goals then, uh, Damo. Uh, what stood out for you this week in the wrong way? I've I've got uh, it, it's probably an own goal in general, but specifically about the uh, the Puma third kits that have been the hype of the week. Mm. So uh, we we all know the design with the the bars across the front and the name of the club rather than the badge. And I'm sure you guys saw this uh, and the listeners saw this. Uh, a, a guy scored a goal for Fernabache. Um, just the other night and he ran over to the crowd and went mm. to kiss the badge and was looking around and, and he couldn't find it. So I just thought that was a little, <laughs> a little, just the icing on the cake to the shit jerseys that Puma have been making. What do you do in that situation though? When you like, you, you can't find the bat, like, and you've, you've clearly gone for the peck. Well, no, it, it's, it's emblazoned on there. Isn't it like watermarked all over the kit? So you could just smother <laughs> it on your face. <laughs> just like, just yeah. like you said everywhere. Kiss them all. <laughs> I think there is actually a, a proper um, crest like on the rear of the collar as well. Uh, so you could like sort of like rip it around in front of you and, and kiss it then. <laughs> oh, but <shit. laughs> just yeah, it just doesn't work. Time consuming celebrations here. <laughs> you got to rip it There's off, a... turn it around, kiss it, then put it back on and you get a yellow card just for kissing the badge. I mean, come on. <laughs> Just in celebration, watch boys. There were some good ones um, in the Premier League over the weekend. Um, one of my personal favourites is always the failed knee slide celebration, and we got one this weekend from um, uh, Tommy and your. I would say your joint boy with Damo, uh, Damari Gray, had had a very very nice uh, failed knee slide celebration. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a knee scraper. While while we're on <laughs> celebrations, I just wanna I just wanna pop in with uh, my favourite celebration at the moment, boys. I sent it in the group chat earlier. It was a guy from. Uh, from Cardiff, and he scored a header, and he ran over, and he did, did the pretend, oh, I've pulled a hamstring, and then he 
he bends over and does a little the little bum shake. So it's uh, it's definitely my favorite celebration at the moment. <laughs> it was like a, it was like it was kind of like a. Uh, he wanted to do a twerk, but then he was like just moving his torso. <laughs> it I think it's eh? I think it's like the Rick and Morty gif, isn't it? Of of Morty when when he's um, twerking, isn't it? Is, yeah, isn't that what it is? And it's Rick become and a trend on TikTok as well. So and that's so where it's obviously is, started. Mate, this is why we have you on the pod demo, so that you can keep <laughs> us in, keep us in the loop about what's happening on TikTok. Can you can you keep us in the loop on TikTok now that you're thirty, demo? No, I'm definitely age restricted from the app now. <laughs> You're age blocked. <laughs> you just can't open it. Like you can't find it on your on your, on your phone. It searches your metadata and blocks the app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Tommy, uh, own goal for you this week, mate. Yeah, mate. So uh, mine's on the continent as well uh, this time around, uh, but with an Australian flavour. So Serie A um, didn't have a broadcast partner up until in Australia up until about um, two hours before kickoff for the first game. They they finally struck a deal with with Bein though. Um, and they ended up. Uh, I think every every game is now going to be broadcast in Australia through through Bein. Um, Damo, you may be able to confirm or deny that, but um, it, just the the fact that it it wasn't finalised until literally hours before the match uh, on the first day first day of the season was uh, was pretty amateur hour. Like there were a lot of people um, sort of with forty eight hours to go saying, "Oh, is anyone going to pick this up? Is this Bein? Like are they just not advertising? What's going on?" It was just it was pretty untidy and um, like we uh, I guess are, are very conscious about who's who's broadcasting stuff in Australia and uh, with with the A League broadcast rights we were all sort of very clued into sort of the commercial realities of broadcast deals and stuff now but um, yeah there, there was a point where I think a lot of people were thinking wait is is this just not going to be shown in Australia and and surely like Syria can't be just knocking back money at the moment for uh, uh, showing Syria in Australia which. I mean, it's not a huge market, but still, it's a market. It's money, right? Yeah, I, I honestly, unless it's like the A League broadcast deal, I can't keep track of it. <laughs> like, even that feels too intense for me. Like trying to like get my head around what's happening in the A League broadcast saga um, that you know we all know well has been going on um, for years, and and you know, in in a sort of way that we shouldn't. We we're tuned into it like more than we need to be, which shows like what a shit show it is. <laughs> Exactly. It should be something that just bubbles away in the background, and 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 we sort of hear about it sort of after the fact, or yeah, if you like really what, go what, digging for information about it. But what platforms yeah. the A League on? Oh, here it is, and that's like should be the start and the end of the the, the story. But yeah, so um, uh, that that feels like too much for me. So this Syria <laughs> stuff, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, plenty going on in the Premier League though this weekend boys um and we'll get to that in a moment but we've got a few listener questions and sort of bits and pieces of news items first um the first one is a listener question that comes from uh Josh Watson on Twitter um and he he wants to know who's going to surprise this season he says given that a very given the very small sample size of games have you boys got a surprise package team going by the football they play players they've signed etc it's really hard to tell but if i'm going to look at anyone and and from the football they've played in patches, the team that I probably watch the most of at the moment of Brentford, I was keen to see them and how they would go in the league. Maybe it's not going to surprise anyone how they're going to perform, but I do, I do really feel like they're going to step up to the level. I'm not at all surprised that Brentford is the team that you've watched the most so far, Damo. That's that's real <laughs> Damo areas. <laughs> in your in your Sheffield United jersey and and turtleneck. Yeah, we won't talk about that. 
<laughs> have you just printed out like a, a Brentford logo and stuck it over like the Sheffield United? <laughs> yeah. Just just scribble yeah. that. I, I just need um I just need one of the Puma kits without the badge on it and I can just <laughs> and I can slap a Brentford one on. Mate, what you could even do is like um if you if whenever there's like an international break and the and League One continues, you could you could print off like a, a Sunderland logo uh crest and you could stick that on and, and watch Sunderland games and or plenty, Southampton. Plenty of butchers plenty of butchers stripes in the world <laughs> for me to get around. <laughs> Don't forget my boys Lincoln City, the imps. Yeah, up the imps in the conference league. Up the imps. <laughs> uh, they're in League One now, aren't they? Uh, anyway, Tommy, um, who who is your uh, Premier League team to surprise? So based on uh, the evidence that we've seen so far, uh, this might be a controversial choice. I think some people might say that we should have expected them to be good. Um, some people might say that well, they haven't been that good to be to to start with this season. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Everton that uh, they they might surprise. I think some people this season. I think they were predicted to to be finishing sort of like lower um, lower half of the table, but Based off of their their results and performances so far, I think maybe we're actually going to see a, a maybe a better Everton than last season, even, and they they might actually push for for European slots. I don't know, just going out of a limb, but um, cover the win. I mean, he he's been really good so far, um, and he's getting great service. I don't think uh, anyone would have had Damari Gray and Andros Townsend actually playing pretty well so far in their their first two games of the season on their bingo card. But I mean, here we are. <laughs> I feel Here like we, we say this about every, Everton every year. The first half a dozen games, everyone's like, no, this is finally they're going to play well. This is the and year. Then by the time October, November rolls around, everyone's like, nah, same old Everton. <laughs> They've got Demari like Gray this year. Demari Gray is just like the fast guy at Futsal, right? Like he just gets into like these amazing areas and then just fucks up. And I can't believe he actually scored on uh, last night. That I, I thought the moment was gone and then somehow he just bangs it. Bottom corner. More on that <laughs> later. We've got a few news items, just about more of a bit of an Aussie flavour, given that we're going to be focusing on the, the Premier League for the rest of the pod. But I thought I'd just raise this because there was a there was an article during the week uh, from Daniel Garb, which I think everyone saw, and I think a lot of our listeners would have read as well. It was being discussed on Soccer Twitter, talking about that this could be the lowest um, representation of Aussies in the Premier League um, ever um, after Moy and now Ryan have left the league. Um, and it's not only the Premier League either, but it's, um, you know, the only top league that we've got an Aussie in is is um, Aiden Rustich at Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Um, and some of the reasons that Garby summarised for that is the youth development issues and NSL A-League fracture, lack of youth academies when the A-League was formed. They're only sort of just being caught up on now. And that cushy fallback of the A-League for players returning rather than trying to grind it out abroad. Um, Damo, how, how big of a problem is this? I don't think it's a huge problem at the moment. I, I agree with the the sentiment that it, it was the, the breakdown of the NSL at the, you know, about early 2000s that kind of broke up the the way youth academies were run in the country. We're just seeing now the fruits of the Premier League and their investment come, come around and now England are producing some of the best players in the world because of the Premier League academies. It's, it's only going to take a matter of another 10, 15 years before A-League clubs are now starting to produce players that are able to go and play at the top level. They're only just getting their academies in place. And we've, we've got to wait a generation before we can see those the fruits of those academies and, and that investment. So 
at the moment, I don't think it's a huge problem. I think we're able to have a, not not elite level, but top level players play for our national team that that can compete with with good sides because they play well as a team. But I, I think the problem of not having many elite level players in the top leagues isn't a huge issue. And, and we are seeing a little bit of the fruits of that um, in the A-League in the past couple of seasons. We've been seeing a lot of exciting prospects finally breaking through into into um, their respective first teams from academies. And Tommy, you in particular have seen a few of those at City, whether they've come from yeah. the City Academy or, or others. Who's going to be our next Aussie starting in the Prem? Give me, give me a prediction. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's uh, going to be a player who I'm pretty sure has never played in the a- in the A League. Um, I think it's going to be Harry Suter. I think he's the the next one that's um, most or best positioned to be stepping up and playing regularly uh, for a Premier League team. It might be might be a player like um, a Bill or uh, something like that 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 become sort of a bit of a squad player at I don't know, Brentford or, or another sort of lower um, mid-table um, uh, Premier League side. But uh, I think Suter is is the one that he, he's best positioned. Yeah, well suited, Tommy, you say. Completely agree with that. And I think it was Jesse who said he's um, he's going to go to the highest Suter in January. <laughs> <laughs> we will the, keep um, labouring that pun. And I love the, it that he wasn't produced any in any way by Australian football. <laughs> He's just speak, an Australian international. <laughs> speaking of uh, players that w- weren't produced in Australia as well, we got Marty Boyle, who, who's slamming in goals in, in Scotland uh, still as well. Scored five already this season for Hibs across the, the league and the, the Scottish Cup. So, so he's going all right. But I guess the problem is that he's 28 and I, I couldn't really see a, an English club sort of taking a bit of a punt on him. Um, at this stage, whether or not he's he's good enough to be able to step into the Premier League, maybe maybe not. I'll tell you who another player who I think uh, might have a chance through kind of a different route is someone uh, is Kenny Dougal. He he's proven himself at Championship at League One and now Championship level. It's 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 not unlike for him to get a move to a big Championship club from where he is mm. now, and then that team get promoted. So it won't be a, a big transfer move or anything like that, but it's. He could get to the Premier League by by going that route. Just sneaks in the back door. Yeah. <laughs> um, King Kenny. King Kenny. <laughs> oh, sorry. Are we talking about uh, Kenny Atu or Kenny Dougal? When's uh, King Kenny signing for Sydney FC is what I want to know. That would be Kenny Atu, I would say, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the King of Rock and, and King Kenny Atu. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, do you guys think uh, Riley McRae has a chance to, to play in the Premier League or do you think he, the championship is sort of like the peak of his level? Mate, isn't he isn't he on, off to the MLS? That's who owns him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they t- just turn a profit on him before he even um, before he even plays in the MLS. But he's he's someone else who could be part of a promoted team. At this stage, I don't think a Premier League team is going to buy him. Uh, but if he goes up from the Championship, that's how he's going to get to the Premier League. I think because I think uh, Brighton or I think uh, Demo during the week he was saying that Brighton, uh, sorry, uh, Birmingham, they're uh, one of the favourites for promotion. Is that right? They'll be in and around the playoffs come the end of the year. They're, they're not favourites to challenge yeah, okay. for the league, but they should be in and around the playoffs. Bit of banter going on in our uh, in the comments section of the live broadcast at the moment. Um, very thorough discussion of MLS and um, <laughs> as well as uh, Riley McCree's prospects. So if you if you ever want to get around us, um, we normally post a link to the live broadcast um, on social media and on, on Twitter before these so uh yeah get around us there if if you if that kind of thing interests you back at back at home now boys um ffa cup 
multiple teams round of 32 games are being postponed we're seeing this week and in the in the past couple of weeks really some some teams going you know pulling the trigger earlier than others the fa have said it's their commitment to go to complete the competition um in 2021 should they very bold to say that at this point they're they're still committed to to completing the the competition because um it, it looks a long shot at best um i think at this point I mean, without going into COVID chat, I think, um, yeah, the chances of there being football again in New South Wales for a while and, and even maybe even Victoria are probably pretty slim. Um, what, what did surprise me was um, you sort of mentioned it indirectly, Colby, was Adelaide United. They they um, have can- uh, postponed, cancelled uh, their, their match against uh, Florida Athena from Perth. And I thought, well, Surely you should be able to get a, a match completed between a, an Adelaide side and a and a Perth side, right? But um, then I dug a little bit deeper and found out that even travelling from South Australia to Perth right now, like you need to do fourteen days quarantine or isolation when you get into Adelaide, uh, sorry, into Perth. So I was like, well, if 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 that's not possible between sort of like two two low risk states, then yeah, not much hope for for anyone else in the country, really. Oh. Yeah, it's looking looking pretty grim, I have to say. Um, Damo, what, what do you think the, the prospects are of uh, the FFA Cup being completed in 2021 slash at all? Yeah, I, I just don't see don't see it happening. I, I feel like they're holding the brave face publicly. We're destined to complete it or whatever they're saying. But I, that's more because they're, they're trying to promise their new broadcast partners that it'll happen and you just paid all this money to show our games and we're not going to actually have them. So they're kind of trying to save face a little bit by saying we will complete it and it'll end up getting to the point where it's like the top four A-League clubs will just play semifinals and a final for uh, for the FFA Cup just so they can say they've played it or something like that. Just to do a big FIFA tourney or something. <laughs> yeah, just turn the, um, the E-League into the FFA Cup. Get on Cup. Xbox Live. <laughs> they, they could do worse, I think, at this point. <laughs> Some more, some more disappointing uh, compromises have been uh, been reached in respect of the Socceroos uh, next World Cup qualifiers. It's been confirmed that the Roos are going to complete this round of World Cup qualifiers away from home, as they will host China at the Khalifa International Stadium on, in Qatar on second of September. Arnie reckons he's not worried, but should we be? This is the real test for Arnie and Arnie Ball, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, we beat sort of the teams that everyone expects us to beat, but this this next round where we're playing against peer or even in some instances maybe even superior nations at the moment, um, yeah, the, the pressure's really going to be on. I mean, now we're at a point where everyone expects the Socceroos to qualify and, and if we don't, then it'll be the first time since, what, 2002 that we haven't qualified. So you, you can just imagine that that, that will cause uh, Arnie's reputation to take a fair, fair hit if we don't qualify because yeah, we're expected to qualify. And we've just seen um, we, we've just seen full crowds in the Premier League over the weekend, boys. These fixtures are, are planned to be in Qatar, but... Um, uh, listener Matthew McGurr's got a question for us. Given the Socceroos won't get a home game for our qualifiers, what do you boys reckon about playing out the home games in England? There's plenty of expats over there. I just think the the prospect of having to get our whole national team to England is difficult enough in itself. We used to be able to do that because the vast majority of our national squad was based there. Now they're all over the world and and a big portion of them are actually coming from Australia. Uh, it's it's very difficult to get in and out of Australia at the moment. Uh, so it, it just f- feels like that that's not an option. 
Um, and, and I'm actually quite worried that we're not having home games because I remember talking about this a few pods ago when we we're talking about the draw. And I said that I wasn't worried about going uh, playing these away games because I feel like our home advantage is bigger than our disadvantage away from home. Mm-hmm. So now we've lost that. We, we've rarely lost at home in, in, in Asian qualifiers. So it's going to be difficult. And, and I assume that we're going to be playing away games in, in essentially full stadiums. I feel like a lot of the countries we're going to play will uh. will nearly fill or at least have fans in the ground. So it's going to be difficult for us, uh, very difficult. So we're going to lose the advantage of having home games, but we're going to retain the disadvantage of playing away. Yeah, which is uh, I, I, feel, I feel it's Double really difficult. I feel yeah. it's going to be really difficult for us. So I'm, I'm really worried about qualification now. I wasn't when the draw happened, but now it's it seems really daunting. Now, nah, boys, it'll just be even more satisfying when we do qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Positive pod. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for Positive the interview playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? Uh, back to Central America again? or Syria. <laughs> oh, um. Boys, um, final final item before we get to Premier League. Uh, need to touch on Ange Ball. Since that defeat at Hearts on match day one, Ange's Celtic have won six on the bounce, scoring 24 and conceding just four. In the St. Mirren 6-0 overnight, Celtic had 74% possession, 37 shots, 12 on target. St. Mirren went down to 10 minute, 19 minutes, but that looks like Ange Ball to me. The, the hype's turned around on social media too, with soccer Twitter already coming out with the Celtic fan receipts. Very petty, but I'm here for that. Where are you on the Ange Ball bandwagon? It's still still too early, I think, for to uh, to say whether or not Ange has been a success at, at Celtic. I think uh, judge him on his achievements at the end of the season, because um, I think at this point, like Celtic is still expected to win all of these games, and they they've arguably lost two games that they probably were expected to win. So, and they were very winnable games too. So, yeah, very early days. I mean, there's some some positive early signs there, but I mean. I mean, the looks like the Celtic fans are, are going from one extreme to the other in true Scottish style, I guess. <laughs> Celtic yeah, well, fans that... and soccer Twitter going from one extreme to the other. Just <laughs> I feel like that's handshake meme all over it. It's it's been great actually. It's been great to see how Celtic fans have gone from I can't believe we didn't get Eddie Howe, who's this fat nonce to now Ange Postacoglu is he's changed he's turned our club around but give it six days when they play the old firm on Saturday night and um that's the real barometer so we'll uh we'll see how that goes well the real barometer is the official the official Celtic song though boys the the official Ange at Celtic song I want to I want to get your thoughts on this I'm as you know from uh from our group chat this week I'm very high on the the new official Ange Postacoglu song uh, Damo, what are your thoughts on this? I love Kobe, it. Do, you, do you have the, the the clip to play or do I have to sing it for um for Sal? <laughs> I think Sal would prefer it if you give us a few bars, Tommy. <laughs> Man, I actually um I, I've been rehearsing a little bit. I, I actually I got I got <laughs> oh, out the lines to it. I got out the lines to it and I thought, oh well, I yes. can't if I'm if I'm being peer pressured into singing this on the pod, um I'm I'm gonna have to make sure that I actually know the words or have it like beside me on like my, my iPad or something. Um Sal, good to see you're up and you're and you're watching this. Uh, all right. Sal, do you want us to count? We'll count you in, Tommy. You, yeah, you, count you, me you, in, yeah. All yeah, right, yeah, all right. Five, six, seven, eight. I got my eyes on you. 
Ange Pastica Glue, I want your heart, love, and emotion. Endlessly, we can't get over you. Ange Pastica Glue, I want your heart, love, and emotion. Endlessly, because you're a fiend and you know Second it. Verse. Angie, Angie, you're better than <laughs> you're better than Andy how to me. Angie, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this oh. is going down as the all-time all moment on the pod. I think. <laughs> yes, sorry, that's that's brilliant. That's off for that. I, yeah. uh, I did bang out what an, that track absolutely slaps though. It um, slaps. even as sung by Tommy C. I, I was going to get out the um uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna get mark. the Bluetooth is ready to pair. I was gonna get out get the out um it, it gives it a little bit of extra echo. <laughs> this is the this is the karaoke <laughs> mic that I think my my fiance got for her birthday last year in, in first lockdown and and uh well this is just uh an area that I don't think any of us thought we were gonna be in right now, did we? Wowie. Uh Tommy, that's uh you <laughs> I mean, I, I think I like that equal equal to the uh, official song, but uh, yeah, still a very big fan of the official song. Um, let's um, on that note, let's get into some Premier League now. Up next, we'll be back to get into match day two. boys uh after losing their opener at tottenham city are back in front of a crowd at the etihad as the champions and back to bau being fizzing it to the back post fc with 66 percent possession and 16 shots to one city were at their relentless best with an emphatic 5-0 win over norwich manchester city tommy give us your thoughts on city's performance this was um this was a strange, strange game. Like in in everything but the, uh, I guess the scoreline. Because, I mean, at this point, I'll, I'll start with Norwich. I think Norwich, Norwich almost finished. I think this they they needed to put up a, a good performance here, otherwise, like they were, yeah. Anyway, but um, regarding City's performance, like the first what two goals were both pretty arsy and there was a disallowed goal in there as well. First one was that deflected shot that cannoned off of the centre-back's chest and then uh, went past uh, Tim Krul, the, the Norwich goalkeeper. Um, then the the second goal was basically it's, uh, I think it was Gabby Jesus, he's got to the byline um, and Gabby Jesus turning into like peak Benjamin Mendy from like, what, three years ago. I did not have that on my, my bingo card for this season. Um, but then it's effectively just hit like Jack Grealish in the shins. He knows nothing about it. And so two really sort of arsy goals and it wasn't an undeserved lead though. Like they were just battering them and 
late in the game they they got those three extra goals, but like the the Sterling tap in as well was just sort of more of the same of just like you say. Ben, back when uh, Ben Mendy was just fizzing them in for Aguero to tap in or Sterling to to tap in at the the far post, it's um it, it was a bit like um, City when they're at their best, they're attacking best sort of three three years ago, which yeah scary. After we were just saying last week, oh yeah they're they're t- they're rusty. Now's a good time to play City. <laughs> well, now was a good time to play City, and that time is over, Tommy. It seems yeah. um after one round uh, that the window's closed. But Jesus, I want to I want to talk a bit more about him. It was used mainly on the right in this game and involved in just about everything. His movement caused chaos. I don't know where this player come from. I have not seen Gabby Jesus play like this in a long time. Damo, did City really need a centre forward if Jesus, Grealish, Mares, and Sterling are just fizzing it to each other at the back post? Well, I think it's a smart decision from um, Pep to play him in a different role, preparing for the fact that they may or may not have Harry Kane come in. And if they don't have Kane, then they've got this option to have that kind of rotating door kind of front four set up where they don't have to rely on a pure number nine, but they can set up in a way where they can rely on a number nine, the same way they played with Aguero there for years. So I actually think it's a really clever kind of tinkering to the system from, from Pep. And clearly it was really unexpected and, it was really unexpected how Gabby Jesus performed, and I'd like to see more of it. I think this reminds it, me a little bit of, um, sorry, Colby, this reminds me a little bit of sort of like early 2000s uh, Red Manchester uh, when Ruud van Nistelrooy left and everyone thought, well, how are they going to replace his goals, right? And there's a little bit of an analogy there with Aguero leaving and they think, oh, well, we need to replace him with a number, another number nine. But um, if you remember... Man United end up signing Lewis Sahar, I think, from from Everton or Fulham. Can't remember where he'd come from, but he then uh, they then became sort of this interchangeable sort of front uh, front three, um, and then obviously they they end up signing Tevez as well, and sort of things evolved from there, and it turned into sort of this just rotating um, mobile. Uh, front three that were just unstoppable, right? But and and I guess the point is, is that like would City actually be better off if they don't sign Kane because then you can have like this mobile front three and it's actually more dangerous than if you've just got a single striker up top. I think it's less reliable though. They have to be clicking and they have to have the game that they have. But if if you're not having a great game and and things really aren't working for you in the front third and you can rely on Kane's going to score at least twenty goals a year, so you know, pushing 30, you've got those goals regardless Mm. of how you play. So I think that's kind of the reassurance of someone like that when things don't go your way. Well, that's the question when it comes to Jesus, isn't it? Um, I mean, you know, can you trust in Jesus? No. And I think uh, that's the interesting thing about this is he's turned him into like some elite right winger now. Like he's turned him into like a right-footed Sane. Praise be. Sane. (laughs) Uh, Um, It's funny, I I was thinking about, the, the way when City play like this and they've got everyone moving in and about, it doesn't really look like there's any positions. It reminds me of when you turn up to like a Div 6 Monday night futsal comp and there's a bunch of like Eastern Europeans or South Americans that just take the piss and walk around you and like square it past the keeper and, and win like 10 nil. So it, watching City last night felt like watching a bunch of blokes that don't speak English uh, absolutely dominated <laughs> Division Six futsal local comp. <laughs> it's really like or when you there. get prom- it's it's real like when you get promoted beyond like your level of ability, and it's like what the fuck's going on? Like, I can't mark all of these guys. Everyone's just looking at each other, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> 
And, and Tommy, you mentioned Grealish before. Uh, I mm. want to um, touch on him a little bit more. Got, he got that goal on his home debut. You reckon he didn't know much about that finish? Knew nothing about it. I, he didn't even lift. Uh, I'm pretty sure both feet were firmly planted on the ground when it's <laughs> when it's hit him in the hit him in the. It might have been the the knee or the shin or the probably, the, probably like the, the lower thigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even when it doesn't hit his his calf, it still hits his calf. <laughs> yeah, I guess the the tricky thing for Grealish is he's he's adjusting to not being the the real talisman of of this team, and uh, I think that's going to take him a little while to to get used to. Um, for this for the city side and sort of just the different dynamic that he's in. This was almost my own goal, um, Tommy, because yeah, he knew nothing about this this goal, um, and then proceeds to go over to the fans and celebrate like he scored a. He did like three different celebrations, like he'd scored a worldie, and then on the socials, um, you know, there's been so much on on social media about oh, this just shows he's worth a hundred million, and oh. city have got a new hero. It bounced off you, lad. So Go cringe. On. I saw a, I saw a stat just just before we started recording, which was the starting eleven for Manchester City cost Manchester City a combined total of five hundred and fifty million pounds. So it's an average of fifty million pounds per player, and Norwich's record transfer fee is eleven point two million. <laughs> so, like, if if you just look at that, it's it's a mismatch on paper that completely translated to a mismatch on the field. It just looked like Norwich don't belong. They didn't create one chance all game. They had one shot in anger. I've seen a lot of comments about Manchester City and praising their defence and their defence was so good. They didn't have to do anything. Norwich created literally nothing. They didn't make yeah, it we, into the front third of the field. You or I could have stood in the nets, Damo, and, and kept a clean sheet. So you had Diaz and uh, and Laporte just like 30 metres from the Norwich, Norwich goal, just defending from there. <laughs> Pretty much. And just before we move on, boys, I've just got a few um, random random stats and, and musings about this one. Did you see that uh, Fernandinho's son was the ball boy or one of the ball boys? Oh, is that Fernandinho? Fernandinho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was out there. So I thought that was a, a cute little uh, side note. And um, But just on just on uh, City going back to absolute BAU, there was an Optus stat there that, that said that there's been 49 games since Pep uh, joined the Premier League um, that have been won by five or more goals, and Pep's sides have accounted for forty-seven percent of those. So- Thought you were going to say 40, 47 of the forty-nine, and I was about yeah. to. Oh, <laughs> but half is 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 pretty huge of all the games that have won, been won by that bigger margin. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, I can't imagine there would be like that many more of those results, right? Like, and and Spurs have had the occasional big win, and. It would, Men United have had the occasional big win, but um, and who's that? I think Leicester's had one, a couple as well. But like, there, there hasn't been a team that's been, I guess, as dominant dominant over the period as, as City have been. So I'm not surprised. Well, let's let's move on to the next uh, match on the the agenda, boys. Um, Leeds are back on the board after salvaging a point at home thanks to a rocket from Rafinha in front of a packed Ellen Road, which hosted fans at a Premier League game for the first time since 04. With this one, we'll just go through some of the the key moments. Dominic Calvert Lewin, his pen, a uh, bit of a grab by Liam Cooper. Uh, Tommy, I can see you shaking your head. Was it a pen for you? Hundred percent. Just real dumb defending. I thought like um, he's. I didn't think he was going to get to the ball, and so why, why foul someone if they're not going to actually be able to touch the ball? It's just stupid. I was really confused by this foul because when they brought in the the rule that you can't have the double whammy of a red card and a penalty, 
it was under the the guys that if the foul wasn't deliberate, then it couldn't be a red card. How is this not considered a deliberate foul? He has literally pulled him so he couldn't get the ball. Like that, in my opinion, is part of the rule that allows you to give a red card. If he doesn't pull him back there, Calvert Lewin is free in on goal by himself from seven yards. Like there's no better goal scoring opportunity than that. So, I mean, 100% a penalty, but in my opinion, it should have been a red card as well. Cool. Yeah, so the only from, better goal scoring opportunity is a pin, I suppose. Yeah. It's so the I think, only opportunity I think with more XG. <laughs> I think that's uh I think that's a, a, a good decision that they made, which was uh, did um Cooper I think Cooper did get a yellow card for it, right? Yep. So I think I think that's the right outcome. I, I don't think there's anyone maybe other than you, Damo, that's calling for that to be a red. Well, I'm just by, by how the rules <laughs> are written, that that should be a red card because he's deliberately pulled him back. But I think it, like it has to be it has, someone stop. It has to be that it's like a clear and obvious like goal scoring opportunity or, or something to that effect, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a free header from seven yards is pretty clear and obvious. I've seen DCL anyway. miss headers, Damo. <laughs> he <laughs> just completely scores, missed the ball. <laughs> only scores diving headers. Although he, he did he did convert the penalty, which he won, um, and it was a bit of a big kind of celebration um, going up and showing the back of his shirt to the uh, the Leeds fans. And um, <laughs> did you see there's, there was that photo going around on social media where he's, where he's like show, he's um, shushing the crowd and um, there's this nan in the front row just giving him the finger. And the nan <laughs> looks a bit like Bielsa as well. Like, it's just beautiful. There's a bit of history there. He's obviously a Sheffield United Academy player and um, – there was a, an incident years ago when Leeds played Sheffield United in a youth game where he was sent off in this whole incident that created drama and he tried to fight with someone. And, and ever since then, apparently the Leeds fans all week on social media were really getting stuck into him about being from Sheffield. So he thought he'd give him one. Yeah, uh, he, he was certainly revving up the crowd and, and all all of the Everton fans were determined to sort of give it, give it back to the crowd at various points in this game. But the, the Leeds crowd didn't have to wait too much longer to see it, to finally see a Premier League goal uh, live in person uh, when Matthias Click equalised, giving Leeds that first goal live. Um, then, uh, boys, Damari Gray, let's let's talk about him. I might have been a bit unkind to him in my preview of Everton's season, <laughs> but he did get a goal tonight and he could have had like at least two other assists if it weren't for Meslier at the other end. Um, but I want to know what you made of his performance. So let's start with you, Damo. I think because you called him the Premier League Bruce Kamau, uh, let's you know, let's hear your thoughts on on uh, his performance. It's, it's he runs in straight lines, and uh, if he if if he has to divert, the ball stays behind him, and he somehow managed to pick it up from behind himself. And brilliant finish, to be fair. But it's um it, even though it was a great finish, it still looked like he didn't mean to put it where he put it. Like <laughs> that that maybe that's just you know uh. A clouded perception because the way you look at Damari Gray isn't like he's a quality player, but it, it almost feels like he didn't mean to do that, even though it was a brilliant finish. <laughs> I feel like it was a great goal in spite of Damari Gray, not because of Damari Gray. <laughs> <laughs> he had like this little baby deer run where I thought he was going to trip over the ball, and, and the commentators like, "Oh, oh, the, the step over there," and this, and I'm like, "No, he's just he's just like kind of running the wrong direction. <laughs> he literally he stepped it. over the ball." <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> forgot to dribble. On a whole, I thought he was, you know, he he fits into the system that they want to play. It's it's not a surprise that um, Benitez has brought him in. He doesn't need 
to do flashy stuff. All he needs to do is work hard. And we we can see Demario Gray, if he's going to work hard, he's probably going to be a have a successful season. I think the job is pretty clear for him at, at Everton. It's get to the byline and put in a cross for for Calvert-Lewin or, or Richarlison. Like it's, and make it's sure so you simple. get back to the other byline. It's just he's, you're doing doggies for 90 minutes. <laughs> and he's so quick. I think there was one point where he ran about 40 Forty odd meters or something with a ball. He beat a couple of players, mostly just down to his pace. But um, he, he was Luke a alien. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, that's his new name on on this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad we're embracing that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot how pacey he was too, Tommy. But let's let's see. Um, you know, we, we've got our eyes on you, Ange Postecoglou, uh, <laughs> and Damari Gray, and um, uh, who's the other one? Gabby Jesus. So we'll we'll, we'll watch and see if uh, their performances this week. Uh, were flashes in the pan or not. A few other stray observations on this game, boys. Uh, Alex Awobi in for Townsend, who dropped to the bench, uh, reducing that uh, Jamaican Brit starting 11 by half. But I forgot about Awobi. And I, after watching this match, I can see why. <laughs> yep. He's just anonymous, isn't he? Like he's, he's about to fall away to the uh, the streets will never forget kind of levels of player. Yeah. Except very forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, James Rodriguez, um, he was uh, mentioned in the news um, about not knowing um, where Everton were playing this weekend because he, he wasn't in the squad. He, he was he missed the last game because he was in isolation after getting a COVID test. But then, um, and so he wasn't in the squad for this game. He was back at training and, and he went on his Twitch stream and he was doing like a Q and A with his with the fans. And he was like, "Yeah, um, I'm not playing this weekend. I don't know where who Everton's playing. Can you let me know?" And he's like, oh, Leeds, yeah, I hope they win. So, I mean, it looks like he's 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 pretty – he's gone. Checked out. Yeah, he's, he's clearly angling for a move away. Like, you don't make comments like that publicly if if you desire is to stay and fight for your spot. But I think it's I think it's more coming from Rafa. I think Rafa said, like, you won't play here. I think I think that's that's uh, like the biggest driver behind that at the moment, and like it's it's just a, a weird situation, right? Like, it, was it six years ago? Hummers won the Golden Boot at the 2014 World Cup. It's just blowing me away that that's a thing. And now, as a 28 year old, I think he is, he can't get a game for a mid table club. This is all karma for robbing Timmy Cahill of the goal of the tournament. It was a better goal anyway, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, Liverpool uh, managed to make a 2-0 win at home, look slightly nervy at times up against their bogey team, Burnley, um, who were in peak Burnley mode, giving the Premier League a team numbered 1-11 to for the first time since Charlton in 98 and lining up 4-4-2. Jotter opened the scoring in this one in the 18th minute with a well-taken header. Um, and from there, we felt the familiar pressure to put the game beyond doubt, um, which started to build from a packed Anfield. But Mane, uh, midway through the second half, put that to bed with a delicious folly to wrap the game up. Tommy, I'll go to you first. Uh, what, what stood out to you in this one? I thought the probably the biggest um, standout feature of this was sort of the pressure that or I think Liverpool put on themselves because I thought they they were had the the game largely under control. Obviously, there was uh, there was that disallowed goal that um, that Burnley had, but. I mean, Burnley aren't going to create heaps of chances. You know that. But if if I guess at only one nil, um, you're always a chance that like they can create something from a set piece. But um, whilst it was one nil, they they always looked like they were the better um, the better team and the more likely team to score. So 
um, I think 2-0 was a pretty fair um, indication of how the game played out, really. And Harvey Elliott got his full debut in front of that Anfield crowd. Damo, how do you think he went? I thought he had a great game. He's exciting to watch. He's, he's a player that obviously people have been speaking about for a long time that he's going to be a great player. He's been on loan a few places and Klopp seems to really like him and, and have a plan to use him. So I think Liverpool fans would probably be um, pretty excited about that. Colby, you could probably speak to that. But I, I thought the... Uh, I thought the, the best part of Harvey Elliott's, Harvey Elliott's performance was when he actually got subbed off and he, he walked so slow. He walked off the other side of the pitch and he walked so slowly behind the goal in front of the cop, just really soaking it in. Obviously, he's, he's been at Liverpool for a long time and that would have been pretty special for him. So, And, and also at the end of the game, um, I think Klopp was the last person on the ground still applauding the fans and they kind of panned the camera away and Harvey Elliott's still there, look just soaking up the atmosphere. So clearly it's it's just a big occasion, just as a big occasion for him as it was for the fans to watch him play. So um I think it's he's gonna have a pretty exciting season. Yeah, he's been he's been a very exciting player that Liverpool fans have had their eyes on, at least for the last sort of season and a half, um, in earnest. You've got your <laughs> eye on him. <laughs> that one was um, unintentional. Harvey Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, and and so great to see him finally step into that midfield. Jesse did mention him in his season preview for Liverpool. And and that's been one of the the positions, I suppose, um, in central midfield where there's been a bit of concern losing Jeannie Wijnaldum and, um, you know, Milner is going to play less and less. And and Henderson has been a bit of a worry with his injury, even though he returned to the squad. So yeah, great to see someone stepping up and, and having a really good showing. Um, some of the, some of the other uh, talking points, I suppose. Uh, Salah had a goal ruled out for offside, despite the new thick lines. Uh, is that an offside for you, Tommy? I think it depends. Uh, we uh, sometimes we talk about consistency, and for me, this was inconsistent with the. Um, uh, I think it was Sterling's goal. Um, so I think the cross, uh, the through ball for um, Jesus, he was sort of like they, that was a real line ball call, and they they end up giving that one, but then didn't give the Salah one. And, I mean, then there was also the Creswell goal from last week as well, which is very similar as well. And, like, for this one, they, they it looked like the skinny lines were back. And, oh, I'll tell you what, makes me nervous. No one wants skinny lines. <laughs> is everyone <laughs> just saying line? that because they captain Salah in fantasy, though? Hey, well, yep. well, not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Speaking and- of um, fantasy, mate, um, I know everyone is getting around uh, the the Liverpool Greek left back um, now that he's standing in for for uh, Robertson. I think Robertson might be um, a chance to to come back next week. Do you think he's done enough though to to keep his place? What's his name? Simakas. 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 Tommy, put some respect on Konstantinos Simakas. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, we, he was being referred to in all of the uh, all of the socials by his full name, all game, inexplicably. But everyone just picked up on it, and they're just it's Constantino Simikas. So I think he had a great game. I was really impressed with him. But you could see Klopp shouting at him from the sidelines, like the whole game. Like Klopp was just focused in on him the whole game, just telling him to concentrate and just like getting stuck into him. And it seems like. Robertson was, you know, he was back on the bench and he's been back at training. Um, I I think as soon as Robertson's fit, he he slots straight back in. How many tens of thousands of people are subbing Simikas out of their fantasy team this weekend because Robertson's many. back? 
Mate, there's a lot that are still bringing in Simicast into their fantasy fantasy teams. That's a that's going to be a, a deep fried dim sim there. I think the <laughs> I think the the biggest talking point from uh, watching Liverpool this season is uh, Klopp without glasses just isn't Jurgen Klopp for me. I just it's don't different. like it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's because I he need... said his vaccination and he's seeing in five G now. Yeah, and. and <laughs> I need those like clear Oakleys back. Get them back, Jurgen. <laughs> Thank you, Damo. I tried to raise this last week on the, on the pod, but the boys weren't having a bar of it. So I'm glad yeah. I got someone else who just is like really disturbed by that as well. I'm not um, having a bar like... of 2020 club. <laughs> 2020 vision, that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like 2020, like the Tokyo Olympics was 2020. It's like and the Euros <laughs> were 2020. It's like that's the vision. <laughs> Um, boys, quick word on Burnley. They've now lost five in a row. Um, that's Oof. their biggest ever losing streak. Um, did we all have them as going down this season? Yeah, they, I think their ticket's up, isn't it? They've been, uh, I think it's a, is it a Jesseism to say that they've been circling the drain for a while, but um, yeah, maybe their luck has run out. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're probably cooked. That's um, certainly one of my predictions for this season as well. A few other results, boys. Uh, won't, won't go into these in too much detail, but um, Villa, uh, they they pretty comprehensively beat Newcastle 2-0. The, the standout for this was obviously uh, Ingsy's bicycle kick. That was bloody delicious. I'm surprised it wasn't um, someone's moment of the week this week because it was just a fucking good goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brighton also uh, got up 2-0 against Watford. Another win, um, another goal for Mope, and a clean sheet for Brighton. We convinced by them, or is it just that they've um, played Watford and Burnley? Well, uh, Colby, I've got to got to mention something about Brighton's performances thus far this season. If you remember on the season preview pod, I mentioned that Brighton um, like massively underperformed their XG last season. Um, in this game, they actually outperformed their their XG, so they they scored more goals than expected goals, and they won. So, I mean the the stars are aligning for Brighton right now, and anything is possible. I mean, we we could be seeing a repeat of 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 Leicester's magical season from just a few oh. years ago. Now that now that Brighton are, are actually uh, outperforming their XG. Timestamp that one, Colby. <laughs> wow, fifty six minutes into the pod, we're going to bookmark that. Final and that match. wasn't the craziest thing that happened in this pod either. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, final final game um, of the weekend so far. Uh, Crystal Palace and Brentford uh, played out a nil all draw. Should Crystal pa- Palace be happy with this? Should Brentford be happy with this? I don't know. I don't care. Any any advances on that, boys? Come on, Damo. Give us give us the rundown. Give us some Brentford no. chat if you want. No, no. I've, I'm I'm actually friends with a Palace fan who's is very very nervous about their season and the two Should games be. that they've played so far. He's thinks relegation is imminent and if nothing changes then um yeah the writing's on the wall but it like i thought this was going to be a cracking game that's why i put it on last night unfortunately it was was kind of a midfield battle that really went nowhere it was really um really viera keen areas just two blokes bumping heads what's wild is um, Damo, you mentioned that Palace uh, fans think that, or at least one particular Palace fan thinks that uh, relegation might be imminent. Um, you guys remember that uh, the hopo meter or the um, the the optimism, ha- how optimistic uh, each club's fans were. Crystal Palace's fans were 95 percent of fans were optimistic uh, for their upcoming season. So we're two games in, and they already think they're going to get relegated. So was this before? Uh, Vieira came in or after? Yeah, I'd say that's flipped. 
that would be like 95% now not hopeful at all. Just maybe after they miss- the first two games, it's just... Yeah. Maybe they misunderstood the question. Maybe it was like, are you optimistic about the season? They answered no, and they they thought that that meant that they were optimistic. Are you Maybe hopeful that your were... manager will be sacked before the transfer window yeah. closes? Yes. Ninety-five. Maybe they thought they were talking about next season in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think there are probably three shitter teams in them, um, which will be the only thing that will save Palace this season. But move, got to move on, boys. Um, still to come. There's a bit of football um, left in this weekend overnight, as we record this on Sunday. So there's a bit of bit of football overnight tonight. Uh, Southampton um, hosting Manchester United after losing their main centre-back, Vestergaard. Uh, things could get ugly as Southampton host Man United, who did one of the nine nils to them last season. Josh Watson's got a question on this one, boys. Should Pogba play for the free transfer at the end of the season or the new contract? This is Ooh. when we get peak Pogba, isn't it? Because either way, he's playing for a contract and that's when he's at his best. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an exciting season to watch him. I think this we could see another nine nil uh, in in this game. I think Man United uh, are on, and we, they're better away from home uh, the last eighteen months than than at homes. And Southampton, Sancho time, baby, Sancho. Yeah, get him in, well, get him scoring I, goals. It's his chance. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruno and or Mason Greenwood get a hat trick in this one. So, may, maybe even one each. Well, we, Tommy, you're just wow. shooting out the predictions tonight. So uh, I don't know how we're going to keep, keep track of these. Listeners, um, get in our mentions to keep Tommy accountable um, on, on all of these predictions as, as they come to pass or not. But the next the next match is uh, the Portuguese Classico. It's uh, Wolves and Tottenham. Not sure what to expect from this one, boys. Uh, obviously, two um, two managers and one who uh, knows one club very well and, and the other, um, you know, he's just getting to know. Um, but what are we expecting to see in this one, Damo? I think the headline is going to be about Kane, regardless of the result, isn't it? So, if does Kane play? Does he not play? Is is he on the bench? You know, does he travel? I think whatever the result, that's going to be the headline. But if, if we're talking about the game itself, um, I feel like Spurs will be able to grind out uh, a win, just only because Nuno's got his squad. He knows the other squad, um, and I feel like he's he's really. Uh, putting together a style of play for Spurs already, and they've they've got a couple of players that are in in a good bit of form. So, I think Spurs will nick a result. It's the um, it's like the tale of two strikers, right? Like one whose head's sort of recovering, and one whose head's just gone. Oh. <laughs> you wrote that line how many nah, days ago? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. Boy. The, the big game of the round, though, uh, Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, I, I mean, how we're calling this a big game still is is beyond me. But uh, Arsenal are hosting Chelsea. Uh, are we expecting anything but a, a comfortable Chelsea win? I mean, you nope. got a big club against a mid-table club, so all the writings on the wall for. Big. Although, to be to be fair, I um, uh, Arsenal play best when Arteta is forced to play a style of football that he doesn't want to play. So, I mean, I think that kind of spells out why Arsenal so shit at the moment because Arteta obviously plays a way that his team shouldn't be playing. So, and, and Chelsea are a team that they won't let Arsenal keep the ball. So, 
Uh, and that's what Arteta wants to do. So it, it could actually quite benefit Arsenal that they could get a goal or two on the break. Uh, they've got some quick wingers, quick people up front. That's the only way I can see Arsenal having any chance of nicking a result is because they're forced to play football that isn't the way they usually play football, which means they might actually play well. <laughs> I think the the best that Arsenal can hope for is Lukaku gets some PTSD from his first stint at, at Chelsea and just has all these recurring nightmares of Jose screaming at him from the touchline or something. <laughs> our, our listener, Sal, in the comments has picked up on Lukaku as well, um, talking about how he's bringing the curse of the number nine back. Is he going to be able to break that number nine curse? Look, he does have pretty broad shoulders, and if there's anyone that can carry that number nine, it's uh, it's going to be a big role. He'll be wearing the nine, but will he be wearing jeans, Damo? <laughs> Timberlands, <laughs> jeans and Timberlands. Are we going to get jeans and Timberlands, Lukaku? Or are we going to get um, tights, Lukaku? <laughs> Real nimble. And how, how, how many like how many goals is uh, Ballon d'Or nominee and Jesse's boy Jorginho going to get in this game? <laughs> is there a way to get negative xG? Because that's what Jorginho will get. Uh, and one final game, um, wrapping up the round. The big game of the round. West Ham, Tommy's West Ham hosting Leicester to, to round us out. Tommy, um, give us a give us a prediction in this one. Uh, I think, uh, look, from I guess from a neutral perspective, I think this is going to tell us a lot about both teams. I think um, both both teams be hoping to qualify for Europe this year. Um, at least in uh, Europa League uh, competition, but um, yeah, I think both teams are looking so um, pretty good in in preseason and and in the first week as well. So um, I think it's going to be a cracker of a game on on Tuesday morning Australian time. Well, you've sold me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does turn into a draw, though. It could end up being like a two all draw or something like that because I think both teams have got goals in them. All right, put your mortgage on that, listeners. <laughs> um, but uh, that's that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed the show today, you can support us uh, just by gassing us up to your mates uh, or on social media. You can follow us there too on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, for the video version of this pod, which drops about a day before the pod comes out. And we'll link to all of those in the notes uh, section of this podcast. Uh, next week, match day three of the Premier League. Until then, enjoy the football. Yeah.